many have heard the song, you all have, I'm sure, What a Wonderful World? You know the one? I see skies of blue and clouds. You know, we all, we've all heard that song. And it just made me think today, I love that song, A. I don't know who sang it, but I really like it. But here's what I wonder. When was the last time you stopped to consider what a wonderful world we live in? Because I'm of the mindset, sometimes it can be difficult to see that. There's lots of bad news, lots of difficult things, lots of things that, you know, kind of give us stress or give us tension, but when was the last time you kind of zoomed back and said, you know what, I, I live in a pretty amazing time, and I live in a pretty wonderful world. I mean, think of all the things that are at our disposal. I mean, you all have one of these of some kind or another. This is amazing. I mean, think of all the things that you can do. I remember when I was in, some of you know, some of you don't, I went to college in Australia. And when I was getting ready to move back, the brand newest phone, and I couldn't believe the technology, it was just gonna be unbelievable, is that you could take a picture with this phone, not a good one, but you could take a picture, it was a flip phone, you could take a picture and then, when that person called you, their face would show up on the flip screen, and it was blowing my mind that that was able to happen. I mean, think of all things. And my kids, I mean, think of all the wonderful, wonderful things. My kids are, this was a couple weeks ago, were so baffled because we were, I don't know if we were at a hotel or we were something, and we didn't have Netflix and we didn't have the stuff, so there was like re just regular cable TV, and their inability to fast forward through commercials was blowing their mind. They could not comprehend, wait, I have to just sit and wait for these to be over. It's, it's impossible. And, and I'm the same way. Don't we get so frustrated when your phone doesn't work or it's acting slow? To which sometimes I just have to remind me, Kyle, there's something going to space and coming back. Give it you know, a, a moment. It's an amazing thing. You know, you think about planes. You're being hurtled through the sky at, I don't know, how fast are you going? Hundreds of miles, thousands, I don't know. But you're in a metal tube being hurtled through the sky. That's amazing. And now we're not even worried about, you know, being hurtled through the sky. Now do you know what I was annoyed by when I was going to Hawaii? while I was being hurtled through the sky at 1,000 miles an hour over the ocean, do you know what my biggest annoyance was? How could they dare not have high-speed internet on this flight? I mean, I was just so put out that as I was traveling 1,000 miles an hour in a metal tube that I couldn't do all of my work. I mean, there is an amazing, amazing world that we live in, and because it's so accessible, we start to take it for granted, right? I mean, we just, and I'm right there. I just take things for granted. And so the question that we're going to ask today is, when was the last time that you were in wonder? I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And I just wonder, and John is going to ask us this in so many words, when was the last time that for you in your life that you just sat and you were in awe? You were in, like, wow, this is amazing. For, for some of you, maybe it was the first time you held your brand new baby. I remember the first time I held my firstborn son. I mean, what 
an extraordinary, extraordinary moment. I was in wonder. I was in awe. Maybe seeing the ocean for the first time and seeing how small you were against the vastness of the ocean. I've never been to the Grand Canyon, but people have said, when I stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon, I was just in awe. I just, my breath was taken away. And you don't do that very often, and neither do I, because we're so busy. You have got a lot of things to do. I mean, it's Memorial Day weekend or, you know, three-day weekend, but for most of us, it's still full. Like, it's not as if tomorrow you're probably just going to be sitting around twiddling your thumbs all day trying to come up with something to do. You have an agenda. I have an agenda. As soon as I say amen here in a little bit, I'm getting in a car and we're, we're traveling. It's just we've got things to do. We've got places to be. And because of the busyness, and they're good things and important things and valuable things, it's just difficult for us to sometimes sit and be in wonder and in awe. And we've been looking at this letter from John, and he's telling us how to fully grasp and understand what it looks like to live out this Christian life. And John is going to say to us here in a moment, it's almost as if he pauses for a second, and he's been talking about all this deep theology and talking about all these practical things, and it's almost as if he hits the pause button and he says, wait a minute, it's possible that people can be so caught up with life and so caught up with good things that they're filling their schedule with that they're going to miss out on the wonder that God has poured out on to them. So we're going to look at just three verses today in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. If you have a printed Bible and you want to follow along, otherwise it's going to be up here on the screen. But John is talking about all these extraordinary things and all of these deep, we got to wrestle with it. And we've got to, and it's almost, again, wait a minute. I, I'm not sure they fully, fully grasp just how amazing something has happened for them. And so he says it this way, see what great love, this word is agape or agape, depending on how you say it. And this is the, this is the, I don't deserve it. It's a selfless love. It's an active love. It is this love that God has poured out on us. To which we say, yeah, I've got it, Kyle. I've heard it before. God loves me, fine, I've got stuff to do. We got lunch to go, I got stuff to put in the crock pot, we're grilling tomorrow. But John wants us to pause, wait, 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 I, I don't think you're fully grasping this, that me, with all of my flaws, and with all of my, I know what I should do, I just don't care, God has chosen, based simply on who he is, I'm going to pour out my love on you. And I think John wants us to grasp. If you could just catch just a tiny bit, you're not going to be able to fully comprehend it, but if it was possible for you to get just a glimmer of that, just a tiny slice of this idea that the creator of everything in the world has chosen to love us, that would change everything. That we sometimes we understand it mentally, yeah, God loves me. I'm loved by God. But when that idea can drop about six inches from our head to our heart, I just think, wow, my life is changed because of that. When I go from understanding to standing under an idea, man, it just changes the way that I approach God. And so he says, see what great love the Father has not just sprinkled on us. 
It's not just that he gave us a little bit. No, he, go back to that last slide, he lavished it on us. I mean, fully, completely, there's not a part of you that isn't loved. You are just totally, completely loved that we should be called. Not only does he love us, but then he brings us into his family. I mean, think of, it's, it's an adoption that we, here we are, broken and messed up, and God chose in his mercy and in his grace, I'm going to love you, and not only am I gonna love you, I'm gonna show how much I love you. I'm not just gonna tell you about it. I'm actively doing it. I'm sending Jesus to die, and then you can be part of the family of God. Now, I don't know if you have ever, some of you maybe were adopted. Some of you have had family members that maybe adopted somebody. I can't fully grasp this because I've, to my knowledge, not adopted, as far as I know. But, you know, and, and I've never moved through the adoption process. But my wife, Brandy, she worked for a year in China at a adoption agency, and these were children that had extraordinary, extraordinary challenges in life. Physical defects, mental defects, all sorts of things. Essentially, they were thrown away kids. And parents would come in and they would choose the broken kids. I want to give them a new life. And that's the idea that God has done for us. And John is trying to communicate. Do you realize, John is saying, how great and how wonderful and how extraordinary it is that you are not just liked, you are not just loved, but you are brought into the family of God, that we should be called children of God. That one idea changes everything. Think about how different those little Chinese children who had no future, who had not been loved at all, had been thrown away, and then they were brought into a family. Think of the future that they had all of a sudden. Their life completely completely was changed because of the love of a person. They chose you. Well, yeah, but they've got... They've got some mental problems. They're never going to be able to talk. Yeah, I still choose you. They're never going to be able to walk. Yeah, I, I still choose them. And they had been given to no, quote, unquote, fault of their own. Like, they didn't ask for it. They just, the only thing they do, I can just become part of your family. Their life was changed. And John's saying, that's, that's what happened to us. When we choose to receive the love of God, we are moved into the family of God, And so the question that we're asking today is, have you experienced that? Like, I know that you know that God loves you. I know that there's something in your head that, because you, you've heard it. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his own. You've, you've heard that, but do you understand that? Have you stepped into the wonder of this love? Now, now John is doing a little bit of a thing that's difficult for us to translate into English. It'd be like if we were to translate, it's raining cats and dogs. Like that's a difficult thing. That's just a saying that we use that would be really difficult to translate into another language because it just doesn't make sense. And John, the idea of John is saying that this love, it's, it's almost otherworldly. Like what world has this love came from that it would be poured onto us? And John is saying that God chose to love us just because he is love. 
It just permeates from him. This is who God is. It's selfless, and it's unconditional, and it's active. It does something. It's based on him and not us. He lavishes it on his children. The apostle Paul tried to catch the idea this way. And may you have the power to understand, because just in our mind, I can't. I've got to get it to drop into my heart. All, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love, not just know the love, not just sing about the love, but may you grasp the wonder of his love, the experience the love of Christ, though, I mean, it's too great to understand fully. My, my, my brain cannot comprehend that the all-consuming God loves me, that the God who started the whole thing chose me. My mind can't comprehend that, but if it can move from my mind to my heart, it's, it's too great, then you will be made complete. May you experience that love, not just know about it, but experience love. If you can do that, even just a slice, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We started this whole series, Now That, So That. Now that I'm loved, here's what I do. I don't do things so that God loves me, but I do things now that I grasp and even for a tiny little fragment understand that God loves me. Now I move into some things. Now that I have sat in the wonder of God's love, there are things in my life that are naturally going to flow from that idea. And so this morning what I want to try to do on this Memorial Day weekend is give you three things that John is going to show us that will naturally flow out of a person that sets in the wonder of God's love. These are not things that you conjure up on your own. These are not things that you try to get to. It starts with, we started all the way back in week number one. I experience and accept the love of God. Now the busyness of my life is gonna try to push out the wonder of that. The time that I spend in church is gonna start to become, if I'm not careful, just a routine and something I check the box. But if we can every morning wake up and realize, I'm still loved by God. It didn't matter what I did yesterday. It doesn't matter what I'm gonna get ready to do today. It doesn't matter what other people say about me or what other people think about me. I'm loved by God. God has lavished it on me. It is part of who he is, and when I receive that, not just in my head, but in my heart, I'm just telling you, it changes, and the apostle John is gonna say three things in verses one, two, and three, that that is going to, to happen. So if, when I sit in the wonder of God, the first thing that I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna, I'm gonna worship. I'm gonna worship. I'm, I'm going to live my life, not just sing some songs because singing is fine and you should sing and we should worship God through singing. It's a beautiful thing. It's all through the scripture. But more than just singing some songs because you can have the most beautiful singing and even sing about God, but if it's just empty words, then it's not really worship, but when I grasp and sit under the wonder of God, wow, I know who I am. I understand who I am, and I understand who God is. Here's what it says in verse number one. We'll read the whole thing. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. I understand who he is, that we should be called, I understand who I am, children of God, and that is, is what I am. When I recognize who God is, and when I recognize who I am in light of that, I don't have any other choice but to worship. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And that's an interesting sentence too. We're not focusing on that. But just 
I'm reminded that worship, it just puts things in the proper perspective. That when I sit, wait a minute, I'm loved by God, and here's what I do. I begin to worship, and worship says this is who God is, a father who is lavished, and this is who I am, a child that has been adopted. Is that God is the one who loves, and I am the one who's loved. God is the giver of the gift. I am the receiver, and all week long, I'm just reminded It's God that's the start the thing. God is the beginning. God is the first. God is the last. That my life revolves around him, not my life around me. Now, we all get caught up, and I'm right there with you. We all get caught up, and we are all tempted. You're going to be tempted later today. You were tempted last week. You're going to be tempted this next week to make your life revolve around you, to make your life make sure that I'm taken care of, and I'm number one, and what do I need, and it's all about me, and it's all about what my needs are met, and that's just part of living in the world. We live in a selfish world, but when I pause for a moment and just sit in the, not the knowledge of the love, but in the wonder of the love, wow, I put God back where he belongs. I put God back in the first place. All this week, I, I, I'm tempted to think that if I don't, then it won't. If I don't make this happen, then it's not going to happen. But when I remember, God is the starter. God is the one who loves. I'm the one who is a child of God. Man, he's the one that's in charge. That if he began a good work in me, he's going to bring it to completion. That you've got the whole world in your hands. That I just start to remind myself, God is way bigger than what's going on. God's bigger than this moment. God's bigger than what's happening. God's bigger than my stress. And he's bigger than my worry. And when I sit in the wonder, man, how great thou art. That's the reason we sang that song this morning. When I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, wow. How great thou art. I put God back where he belongs. And I'm not just going to sing about it. I'm going to live this out. My life, my going to sleep and going to work and being a husband and being a wife, I'm going to use that as worship to you. The Apostle Paul said it this way. And so, dear brothers and sisters, man, I plead with you. That's what I'm trying to do with this all today. I'm pleading. I'm begging Give your bodies to God because of, not so that, but from that, now that, because of all he's done for you. He lavished his love on us. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he'll try and accept. He's not interested in perfectly sung words that are empty. He's not interested in checking the box of I attended the thing and I attended this. and I did. That's not helpful. It's a heart thing. This is the way to truly worship him. And John is letting us know, man, I'm going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to diminish this. Just like when the only time I think about my phone is when the phone doesn't work. I'm going to be tempted to only think about God when God's not doing what I want him to do. And I've stepped, what I see in myself when that happens is I've stepped out of the wonder. And I've stepped into, we've all been guilty of this. I've stepped into, God, you owe me. God, did you see what I did? Did you see that I was at church? Did you see that I sang the songs? God, I don't know if you noticed or not, but I really gave some money, and because I did, now you're supposed to. Because I did all these things for you, now you better scratch my back. And what that tells me, it flashes a red light in my eyes. I've stepped away from wonder. I've stepped away from God has lavished his love on me, and I discover I, I'm, I'm assuming God owes me something. 
I'm assuming that God is supposed to pay me back for all the good things that I do. But when I'm in wonder, when I realize, wow, God has loved me? I mean, I don't deserve that. I didn't earn that. When I'm in wonder, I'm reminded, well, God, God doesn't owe me. God doesn't owe me. God doesn't owe me answered prayers. Now, I want him to answer my prayers. I hope that he does answer my prayers, but God doesn't owe me an answered prayer because God already answered the most important prayer. God gave a resounding yes to the prayer, will you save me? That answer is yes for me, and it's yes for you. And God doesn't owe me any more than that. Now, I'm invited to pray, and I'm invited to ask But when I get into the frustration of, God, you're supposed to, and God, you owe me, and God, you didn't do this, and I thought that you were going to, and I start to shake my fist at God, what I'm reminded, I've, I've stepped out of the wonder. I've stepped out of, I have been lavished with the extraordinary love of God, and I've moved away from, God, look at how good of a job I'm doing. Hey, did you see all the things that I, and we, we kind of turn God into a paycheck. You've never, you know, have you ever like just been blown away that you got a paycheck? No. Like when you, when you get a paycheck, you, of course I got a paycheck. Obviously, I spent 40 hours this week working for you. You owe me a paycheck. You would be really frustrated if the boss said, I, I don't, eh, no paycheck this week. You would say, wait a minute, you owe me the paycheck because of all the things that I did for you. And sometimes if I'm not careful, I can get into that mentality with God. God, you owe me the paycheck. I mean, I did the right thing. Did you see how good I held my temper and I didn't curse and I didn't, and I, I did. And God doesn't owe me anything. And I'm reminded of that when I'm in wonder. When I'm in wonder, I'm going to worship. And here's the second one. When I'm in wonder, I'm confident that I, when I sit and just grasp it the, in, in the amount that my finite mind can, that God has extravagantly, selfishly, actively lavished his love on me, I just naturally am going to worship. It's going to flow out of my life, and what else is going to flow out of my life is I'm, I'm going to be confident. Here's the second verse. Dear friends, now that we are children of God, not so that, now that, Now we are children of God, and what we will be has not been made known. He's talking about the future. This is kind of a confusing sentence, but let me try to help us. What we will be has not yet been made known. He was talking about we don't fully understand what our bodies are going to look like in heaven someday, but we know there is going to be a heaven someday. But we do know. So I I don't fully grasp what heaven is going to be like exactly, but I do know that I'm going there. When Christ appears, what I do know, I'm going to be like him, for we shall see him as he really is. So I'm, I'm confident. When I recognize that I'm loved, I'm confident in, number one, I'm confident in my future home. I just know that, man, if someone is willing to die for me, and if someone was willing to lavish their love on me, I never have to question their love for me. If someone was willing to give such an extraordinary gift, I don't ever have to question what are they going to do with me when this life is over and finished. I can be confident that if he has made me 
his child now here on this earth, he's going to bring me home to heaven. And just like we talked about last week, there does not have to be any uncertainty. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to be concerned. You don't have to be nervous about what happens when this life is over. You can be confident because, well, I'm, I'm loved by God. On the other side of this life, I know that the fullness of love is going to be experienced and understood by me. Right now, I can only get a little bit of it. I can only grasp this tiny bit, but there is going to be a time. And so I don't have to worry about the end. I don't have to worry about death. I don't have to worry, am I good enough? And did I do all the right things? No, I'm I'm confident. I've got a future home. If he's adopted me now, he's going to bring me home later. Philippians said it this way, I am confident of this thing. I, I'm not confident of a lot. I'm not confident of what's happening later today, but I'm confident of what's happening in eternity, that he who began, he lavished his love on me. He started it, not me. Well, he's going to perfect it until the day of, of Christ Jesus, when I see him fully, when I understand him as he fully is. And so when I understand the wonder of his love, I worship, I'm confident in my future home, and there's great news for all of us. Not only that, I'm confident in my current troubles. Now, all of us, to some degree or another, at some point in your life, if you haven't yet, you will. At some point, there is going to be a time where you say, I don't understand why God allowed this, or I don't understand why this happened to me, or why God is, is letting this, or why God didn't do this. And there are questions that will remain unanswered. I wish that I could give you good answers to every question that you have, but you're going to have, maybe you're wrestling with it. Now, God, why, why is this happening? And sometimes there's not an answer to the question, but here's what I can be confident in. It can't be because he doesn't love me. I don't know why God is letting this happen, I don't know why God has allowed this struggle in my life, but here's what I am confident. It can't be because he doesn't love me. It can't be because he's not interested. It can't be because he's uninvolved. When I sit in the wonder of his love and I'm lavished by that, I don't know why that happened and why did they die and why did I get sick and why and why. I don't know, but I know what it can't be. It can't be because God doesn't love me. It can't be because God's uninvolved. It can't be because God's uninterested. I can be confident that one of these days, I am gonna fully understand. John says, we will see him as he really is. And so I can be confident that God loves me, and so it can't be because he's punishing me. He can't be because he's trying to pay me back. And I can be confident that when the day comes, that I fully see Jesus as he really is, I'm not gonna have any more questions. That when I get to heaven someday, my first thing that I say to God is, why would you let that happen? That's not going to, John says, we'll see him as he really is. In other words, the first thing probably that we say when we get to heaven is, oh, now I understand. In, in my little 75, 85, 95 years of life, in just my little slice of life, I, I didn't understand why those things came into my life and why those things didn't come into my life. But now that I see God as he really is and I see the end from the beginning, I get it. And so I can be confident today because I know... I, God loves me, and yes, I don't like this, and I wouldn't have asked for this, and I wouldn't have wished this on somebody else, and I don't know why, but I know why it can't be. It can't be because God doesn't love me. Peter said it this way. I love, this is kind of a long one. 
All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his lavish love, it's by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. I can be confident in my future home, an inheritance that's been kept in heaven for me, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach and of change and decay. And through your faith, I've stepped into the lavish love of God. God is protecting you by his power until you receive the salvation. I'm saved, but there's gonna be a salvation. I'm saved, my eternity is secure, but there is going to be the completion of that someday in heaven. It is ready to be revealed, not today, but on the, the last day. And so, being confident in that, be truly glad. Be, be confident in here today, in the frustration. Peter did not have a good life. Peter was crucified for his faith in Jesus. Peter saw all of his friends killed for their faith in Jesus. But Peter said, I'm still confident. I don't know why this is happening, but it can't be because God doesn't love me. I don't know why this is happening, but it can't be because God is uninvolved or uninterested. And so I'm gonna be truly glad there is wonderful joy, not today, today's the worst, but there's wonderful joy ahead. I can, I can be confident, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. I mean, just... And I get it, I'm with you. The trials seem way longer than a little while in our life because we're just living it moment by moment, minute by minute. But Peter is saying, John is saying, Paul is saying, in the light of eternity, it's just, it's just this. And so you can be truly God. These trials show that your faith is genuine. And it's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. And so when your faith remains strong through many trials, God, I'm, I'm just standing in you. I'm not gonna abandon you. I'm not gonna go my own way. I'm not gonna try another route. I'm just confident in my future home. I'm confident in my current struggles. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor in heaven someday, on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And so when I sit in the wonder of God, I, I just can't help but worship. I just can't help it. I, it just naturally flows out of me. Confidence naturally flows out of me. I don't have to be worried about the future. I don't have to be so caught up in the momentary trials and, and struggles. I'm confident in my current struggles. And then here's the third one. Let me finish up for the day. I evaluate. It just flows out of me. I worship. I'm confident. And I I evaluate. He said it this way in verse number three, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. To the, to the extent that I see Jesus as he is in this life, I can't fully comprehend it, I can't fully see it, but to the extent that I am able to see it, I imitate it. Part of my worship, part of your worship is I, I examine my life. It's more than just singing. I examine my life. What's out of place? What, what, what's, what's kind of gotten out of, of rhythm? What areas of my life? How about my attitude? And how about the way that I think? And how about the way that I talk? And how about the way that I respond to people I don't like? I, I, I just evaluate. I'm loved by God. Now that I am loved by God, I evaluate. Is there any parts of my life that are contrary to the way that God wants them to be? Not so that he'll love me, but because I am already loved. The Apostle Paul said it this way. Watch I love it out of the message translation. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Now, my 
children, some of which will remain nameless, have not fully comprehended the they will learn proper behavior from their parents, but we're working on them in Jesus' name. But I am an adult. I'm a grown person, and I can see the Father, and I can't see everything about him, but I've been given enough information to know, oh, I, there, there's an attitude in me that needs some adjustments, and there are some thoughts life that, wow, that, that that's not the way that I, I should be thinking. And when I get angry, man, I, I don't feel like that's the way that God would have had me to act. And so I just evaluate, not so that I'm loved, but just I'm, I'm loved. And because I'm loved, wow, here's what I want to change. I love this quote when I was studying this week that, that if you really want to be like Jesus, it will show in your life here on this earth and it will be true in eternity that eventually you will be exactly perfect and pure and holy and righteous just as Jesus is in heaven someday. But if you don't want to be like Jesus, it will show on this earth now and it will be true in eternity. You'll be separated from him. You'll be apart from him because I haven't chosen to lean into his love today. Likeness is proof of relationship. Likeness is proof of relationship. I want to be like the Father because I'm just in wonder of his love. You loved me. You poured out your life for me. I, I want to be like you. My kids are, they look like me because they're part of me. They look like me because part of me has been poured out and they exist because of in part me, and so they look like me. That's, I've been adopted into the family of God. See what love the Father has lavished on us that we might be called children of God. If I am a child of God, I'm gonna look like him. I'm not gonna get it perfect. We're gonna look at that next week. I'm not gonna get it right every time, but my likeness more and more develops into the likeness of God. And so the question that you have to wrestle with, who does your life look like? Your life's going to look like something. Does your life look like the culture? And does your life look like what's just popular right now? And does your life look like I just chase whatever I'm feeling in the moment? Or does your life look like your adopted father? Does your life look like I have been brought into the family of God? Who do you look like? Who do you look like? It's an important question. So here's a prayer for us all this week, and then we're going to go home for the day. Heavenly Father, help me discover and live out the wonder of your love. Just one sentence. Heavenly Father, if you just prayed this every day, I'm just telling you, something, something will start to happen. I know that you know God loves you. you you've, especially if you grew up in church like I grew up in church, you've heard that drilled into you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Okay, yeah. But do you know that God loves you? Have you let that get into your heart and beyond just your brain? Heavenly Father, help me discover, in spite of the busyness, and I've got a business to run, and I've got a family to raise, and I've got bills to pay, and I've got stress and struggle. In light of all of that, I'm so distracted, but Lord, would you help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me discover and to live out the wonder of your love. Because when I'm in the wonder, wow, I'm going to worship, I'm going to be confident, and I'm going to evaluate. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, how great thou art. You are so, so, so kind. 
and so generous. You have lavished your love on we who are sinners and we who are unfaithful, and yet you have brought us into your family. And so, Lord, I am praying for me, the one that's got the microphone on, and for those that are here sitting in the room and those watching online, Lord, would the idea of your love drop six inches from our brain into our heart, that we would live out, now that I am loved, I'm gonna worship God with the way that I live. I'm gonna move away from the I owe, or you owe me mentality, and I'm, I'm just gonna worship. Lord, help us to be confident in our future home. Or I'm praying for those that right now are, are dealing with real difficult things and are asking questions. Why would you let that happen? Why, why, why are you allowing this into my life? Lord, I'm praying that we could be confident. It can't be because you don't love me. It can't be because you're not interested. It can't be because you're not involved, because you lavished your love on me. And Lord, I'm praying for me in particular. Help me to evaluate my life. Help me to evaluate the way that I think and the way that I talk and the way that my attitudes are and the way that I interact with other people. Lord, I want to be like my father. I want to grow in likeness of the one who has loved me. It's in your name that we pray, amen.